Good evening. Welcome to our men's group tonight. Uh, Pastor John with me. Pastor Ethan will be joining us shortly. And Pastor John, I had the chance to look at the video. I know I was gone a couple of weeks ago when you and Ethan were discussing the more in-depth conversation about managing our emotions. You guys spent the whole time talking about pride, which is great because there's a lot to talk about when it comes to pride. Yes, it does uh, factor into emotional stress uh, probably more than probably any outside indicating uh, factor. I think that pride is a baseline for most of the negative things that ail mankind. It's It was the basis of why sin entered into this world. Um, so, I mean, yeah, pride is a major factor in negative impacts on our life. Now, remember, we're talking about managing our emotions. And we've said many times that it, when it comes to managing emotions, men most often think anger. But there are plenty of emotions that we deal with and need to address, and pride does not help with any of them. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, we'll start tonight with verse 6. Chapter 5, verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So as we humble ourselves, God will lift us up in a better state of mind, a better condition, a better emotional condition. And that's what we should want, not lifting ourselves up for just further destruction, but letting God lift us up. And then verse 7 gives us a segue into tonight's conversation, and that is burnout and stress. Right. So it seems that according to Scripture, our pride not only is closely connected to self-destruction when it comes to emotions, it's also closely connected to specifically stress. Mm -hmm. So verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Our care are, are the burdens of this life, the stress of this life, and we cannot cast them on Christ when we are prideful. Only in humility can we come to Christ and say, I empty myself of myself. I can't help myself. Only you can help me. This, this burden, this strain of life, jobs, relationships, choices that we make, even the good choices that we make right. still are a burden. Just because we're making good choices doesn't mean there isn't stress. In fact, I would say as a leader, a lot of times the initial uh, weight of good decisions is heavier than the initial weight of bad decisions. Mm-hmm. A bad decision is usually the choice to kick the can down the road right. and either let uh, someone else deal with the problem or let your future self deal with the problem. So you don't really feel the stress, at least right away, of a bad decision, usually in my experience. It is the good decisions that often cause problems for other people because our good decisions mean we are confronting the sin of someone else. We are addressing a problem. We are making a hard choice that no one else is willing to make, and there's a reason because no one wants to make it because people will be offended by it. And so as leaders especially, when we make good choices, we are still prone to heavy burdens, if not more so, than bad decisions, at least initially. And God says when we are are carrying that burden, when we have that care on our shoulders, in humility, bring it to him, give it to him. Why? Because God cares for us. God cares for us enough to not want us weighed down by this heavy burden of stress. Right, and I, I did a re- word study on that word care in First Peter 5, 7, and there's a, a link to the parable of the sower when the Bible talks, when Jesus talked about, you know, the seed that was, uh, you know, sowed upon ground, it was, it was choked up by the cares of this world. Um, the same word is being used there. The same word is not necessarily negative uh, things. It's just things. It's just stuff. It's just lots of stuff and responsibilities that we have. And you can see that in the parable of the sower. And if, if it, the cares of this life can 
you know, upset the spiritual balance in our life because we're not responding to the word, mm. it can definitely res- uh, mess up the spiritual condition in our lives. And like Russ is saying, when we don't cast our care upon Christ, we are casting de- by default our care upon ourselves, And that's why we deal with a lot of stress and burnout because we're carrying the weight. What a great uh, correlation with the parable of the sower and the seed. I actually did not consider that, but that's really good. And, and you find the end result right. of the seed who did not cast their care. Right. They were choked out and there was no fruit. Right. As Christians, we can make good choices. We can make the choices we think are best. But in the end, if we don't make a better choice of taking all that weight and giving it to Christ, even the good choices won't necessarily result in fruit because burnout means you, you've lost opportunities. You stop. You desist. You, you cease. Mm-hmm. And we're going to probably make a connection when we talk about the remedy. But um, I think one of the greatest remedies is that parable of the vine. You know, the fact that Christ is the vine, we are the branches. When we try to become a, a vine unto ourselves, when we try to actually do the work of God or any kind of work without being connected to the vine, we are going to face tremendous negative impact. Ethan, what are your thoughts on stress resulting in an emotional uh, strain that is uncontrolled? That basically, instead of you being in control of your emotions, your emotions now control you because you had a stressful day. I liked um, Life Group last Sunday when you talked about, you know, merit. It, the personalities in terms of... Uh, of the three of, family members. Right. Lazarus, Mary, and... Lazarus, Mary, Martha, yeah. and then and how, you know, in relationship to worship and worshiping God. And, and like, in, uh, we look, you looked at personality types as it looks like in a worship setting, mm-hmm. in a church setting. And, you know, I look at each of those three different personality types, and, you know, obviously it's not like this is biblical like final biblical authoritative, like, oh, these are the three personality types of worship. But you can look at those three types of people and almost see, like, there's, you know, well, they all have their own weaknesses, as you, as you discussed. They all have their own strengths. And all those weaknesses and strengths play towards, like, here's the areas that they're going to more likely to experience burnout than others. Mm-hmm. So I guess kind of working backwards, it's it's important for us to know what what areas are our areas of weakness because if we find ourselves doing that for too long, that mm-hmm. can cause discouragement, which again leads to stress and burnout. Um, and if you're doing, if all your, if the only thing you're doing in your Christian, you know, in your life is the things that discourage or they're not your sweet spot, so to say, yeah. which, you know, that life is a lot is doing a lot. Life is all about doing things that aren't necessarily you're not good at. Then yeah, you have to watch out. Okay. I could be potentially, if your job description is only always your weaknesses, right. you're in for a lot of burnout. Which again, life is all of life. You can't avoid <laughs> doing things that you're bad at. Like that's just reality. That's how life is. Um, and then the other side too is, as you're doing those things that are your strengths, um, you know, those are things that, as long as you have something like that in your life that you're occasionally tapping into, your like you know you're making time for that, um, you're making that a priority in your life you're less likely to avoid burnout and stress because you're doing things that it's hard work, but it is energizing. 
So the three personality types Ethan was talking about that I discussed last week briefly was Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. We know Mary and Martha, and Martha, of course, was the worker. Uh, Mary is the worshiper, and then I discussed that Lazarus is the relationship builder. Every, every the two times you see Lazarus, he's sitting at the table with Jesus, hanging out, having food, and it seems building relationships. Mm-hmm. We're also told that the Pharisees, Sadducees, wanted to kill Lazarus because everyone was coming to talk to Lazarus and meet the man who had died and risen from the dead. God shows a relationship guy to be the herald of the power of God's resurrection. Uh, He did not choose the worker, Martha, because she doesn't really build relationships well because she's always working. He didn't even choose the worshiper, Mary. He could have, but he chose to choose the relationship one. Mary, strong on worship, and I had mentioned that the danger of Mary is not the fact that she does not work, but the fact that someone who's always worshiping can lose sight of truth and get so caught up in the experience of worship that they're not really focused on the truth because the Bible says, those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. I mentioned that when it comes to Lazarus, the relationship guy, that if your relationship is always with people only, we know the danger of that. Right. People let you down, and you can get really discouraged from the bad choices of other people. And so the strength for the relationship guys have a relationship with Christ first. Martha's strength is working. Martha's weakness, as Christ pointed out, was worshiping. The one who's always working needs to be worshiping as well and to give them motivation and purpose and drive to do the work of the kingdom. If they lose connection with God through worship, then the work becomes burdensome. Which, again, I guess what I was, the the main thought that I was kind of leaning towards as I was talking about that was the fact that when, if we allow ourselves to burn out, because that's not something, like we will know, we know when we're burning out. And if we allow ourselves to burn out, then we're not, we're not, what we're doing is, Stopping our, we're stopping ourselves from worshiping God the way we were created to. Um, that's inevitably what's going to happen, um, you know. And so it, it becomes important for us then to manage that because then, as Christians, ultimately our lives are supposed to we find fulfillment as we're worshiping God, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like for Mary mm-hmm. or Martha or Lazarus. And when we burn out, we're not fulfilling that. So that's a good point. That's right, John. Yeah, um, burnout is probably well known because I think it's been talked about in many different cases, seeing that we have the new God of work that many Americans are worshiping at a, you know, pretty, you know, solid pace. (laughs) So workism has become one of the new fastest growing religions, according to many secular people that study this kind of thing, um, because it just seems like so many people are putting their identity in what they do with their hands. The problem with that is burnout is very quick to come when when God, Christ, is not the fulfillment or the identity that you seek, when uh, um, you are putting all your eggs in the basket of a man or an employer or yourself, who is also a you know human being, then you start to really get concerned about all the things crumbling down because you know the weight and you're putting the weight on yourself. And I look at that and I see that happening in Moses with Moses. When Moses experienced that burnout moment, it eventually kept him from going into the promised land because of what he did in that moment of burnout. Mm-hmm. But look carefully at the word he says in um, the passage here, which is Numbers 20, verse 10. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? All right. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Moses, who who brought the water out of the rock the first time? It wasn't you. You're putting this burden on yourself that does not need to be there. And in that, that burnout where he put way more on himself than was needed or even commanded by God to, 
he struck the rock. And yeah, water flowed out, by the way. People with burnout can yield results, mm. but they often damage the process and, you know, they damage themselves or others in the process. I like what you're saying, John. Sometimes burnout is not because we are burdened by the things we're called to do. Right. We're burdened by the things we're not called to do. Right. And one of the first things as an employer, when I have someone who works for me and says they're burned out, I ask them to give me a list of things that I've asked them to do that is their job description and the things that they're doing that is not your job description. Um, a lot of times when I've done that, the person comes back because I, I see the problem. Like they don't have to give me the list because as soon as they start making you're like, okay, I see. I'm doing a bunch of things I don't have to do. Right. And if they actually create the list and give it to me, it's pretty easy for us to determine that what's burning you out are the things you don't have to do, but you want to do for whatever reason. Maybe it's, it's you are good at it. Maybe someone's asked you, it's hard to say no, whatever it might be. You're doing more than is asked and that's what's burning you out. And spiritual leaders are probably one of the worst yes. offenders in this case, yes. taking on things that God hasn't given us to do. Right, and it becomes, you know, I mean, we, we take our list to God, and maybe that's probably healthy for us to do uh, often, is to take our list to God and say, God, here's what I'm doing. What am I not do- what am I doing that you're not calling me to do? Because all that God calls us to do, he also empowers us to do it. So we get mm. so stressed out when we're doing something God hasn't necessarily called us to do because we're doing it our own power, and usually that's a recipe for disaster. We need, it goes back to humility. Yeah, Pride does. says I can do it all. Right. Pride says I can do it better. Right. And so pride does more than you should or can do. Right. Humility says I, I can only do well what God allows me to do well, and right. I will only do what God asked me to do and what I'm capable of doing without burning out. Burnout, let's, let's back it up and talk yes. about what, that looks like. what it actually is. Right. Burnout is essentially um, an engine running without the fuel. Right. You've ran out of fuel. And so what is it that fuels us? And so that's what Ethan was talking about earlier. For, for Martha, her fuel is worship. And so she needs to worship for, for I'm sorry, for Mary. For Mary, her, her fuel is worship, obviously, right? For Martha, uh, her fuel is working. For Lazarus, his fuel is relationship. The problem is, if we, if we don't filter our fuel, all of it, through God in some way, it's not enough. It's tainted fuel. Martha's fuel is work. She gets fueled out of working. But if she doesn't worship, she doesn't get what God is fueling her. She's only fueling herself. It's basically, it's like pouring lemonade in the tank because it tastes good, but you're not getting what God wants to give you. For, for Mary, she thinks her fuel is worship, and it does fuel her, but ultimately what really keeps her going? Truth, right? For Lazarus, he thinks it's relationships with people, but that actually, although it fuels you for a time, doesn't take you far. It's a relationship with God. And so we need to back up and ask ourselves, what is it that fuels the Christian? It might have nuances of differences with each believer, but it obviously all comes down to Christ. Uh, for, 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 for uh, Mary, it's, it's truth through Christ. For Martha, it's worship with Christ. For Lazarus, it's a relationship with Christ. But it's all Christ in a variety of ways. Right. And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Christ actually says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So God knows that we need a chance to refuel, right. and he's telling them the best place to refuel is with me. Because, right. again, let's be transparent, let's be honest here, people can be refueled with coffee. Can be, people can and do get refueled with alcohol and drugs and relationships and parties and vacations. These things do fuel us for a time. We are choosing a, 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 a temporary fuel that matches our personality best, and it looks different for different people, including the three we talked about. But ultimately, for a believer, the best source of fuel, the longest-standing source of fuel, the purest source of fuel 
is Christ. Right. And, and that's what? Uh, go good. I was going to say, if we don't rest in Christ, no. then whatever other fuel you choose isn't going to take you far. Yeah, it's not just resting in Christ, which is a very important thing. Be still and know that I am God, resting in God, right? We have to be still sometimes to do that. Um, but Hebrews 12 gives us this looking at Christ. Wherefore, seeing also we are compassed out with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, let the sin which thus so we easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He continues, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Four, here's verse three, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Here's the reason. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And that is a powerful statement there because it connects burnout. It connects being faint in the mind, which is where a lot of burnout exists. You might not be physically exhausted. You might be just emotionally and spiritually exhausted. Well, where, what's happening? You're, not, you're distracted. I ran out of gas this week, guys. I literally ran out of gas on the highway. How does that happen? This is a true story. You true actually story. ran out of gas. I literally <laughs> ran out of gas this week. This metaphorical? No. I don't know what you're saying. Man. No, I, was, I ran out of gas this week. I was supposed to go to one place. I called the response place and said, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out of gas. Um, and I was, got helped. But here's the thing. Why did I run out of gas? Not because of any other thing that I got distracted. I wasn't paying attention to the thing I should have been paying attention to. I was looking in the wrong direction. Hey, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher mm. of our faith. Because when we don't look unto him, yeah, burnout is a likely result because you're usually looking at yourself or other people which are not Christ. And so, yes, look unto Christ, rest in Christ. That is a great help to keep you from, you know, burnout. Ethan? Just to add on to that, just another ver- in a very well-known verse, um, he who began to work in you, he's going to perform it to he the will. day. Yep. Mm. Right, and so... Um, the Christian, honestly, that Christian life is all about the basics, and the basics is literally what kills us. And what kills us is us forgetting that we can go to God and, so to speak, go like this and say, okay, you said you're going to help me. <laughs> and actually asking him and actually waiting with true expectancy, not like a hopeful, but like not like a I really want this to come through, knowing that he's going to come through and do exactly what is now. That looks different for different people. Um, what does it look like for us to uh, go to God and say, God, you told me you're going to come through, um, so I'm waiting. Um, for some people, that means like taking a second in the day and uh, stop what they're doing and taking a step back. For some people, that just means um, you preach the message during teen camp, like, all right, well, get up and start moving in faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, regardless of what that looks like, we do have to make sure we're going back to God regularly, especially if we know that we're starting to get discouraged. Okay, you told me you're gonna. You told me that you're going to. You started this in me, and you're going to finish it. Hmm. So, what does that look like now? <laughs> when it comes to stress, we got to understand that stress is all around us. Yeah. Everyone's got stress. If you are alive, you have stress, and that includes children yes. that go to school. That includes children that homeschool. Includes children that don't go to school at all. Everyone's got stress because. Life is stressful. Mm-hmm. When it comes to stress, you've only got a handful of options. You get stronger so you can carry more stress. You eliminate things so there's less stress to the level that you can carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you walk away from it altogether and just eliminate everything and have no stress, which means you're basically <laughs> a bum. Even that is stressful, right? When you just right. live because you, you have no money. That you itself is stressful. <laughs> um, or you, you gain strength that is above and beyond yourself. Right 
to handle the stress that of your own strength you cannot take. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, you either get stronger and only work with stress that you can handle. You eliminate some stress down to the, the amount that you can handle. You walk away from stress pretty much altogether, or you let the power of God come through you and basically uh, handle things beyond your ability and beyond the, the imagination of others as they see you doing things. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's connect the thought you just made to physical issues that can cause emotional pain because what you just said is great <clears throat> if you are physically able to do so. Correct. You're right. So there are chronic conditions out there, and we're not doctors, and either we're going to tell you how to treat these conditions. We're just going to make the connection that when you actually have the mindset of, hey, I want to let the Lord use me and the strength to do so, but then nothing's happening. You might want to look and see, is there something physically wrong that is causing this to happen? Um, There are a certain amount of chronic conditions, guys, that we all face. Um, you know, the silent killers, they talk to us all about, you know, you sit there at a baseball game and they come over the you know, public service announcement about, you know, prostate cancer. It's like, mm-hmm. seriously, why do we got to talk about this? Mm-hmm. Because they know it's a need in the you know, a male community to talk about these silent killers. Other chronic conditions that you might deal with, they can cause you to have the mind and the spirit to want to go forward and to let God do everything. But let's be real here. If we are physically hurting or physically and, and a, a pro, have a problem physically, it might just not work because we need to get that addressed. I agree with you, John. There are some things that uh, every, Christians, spiritual leaders, want to spiritualize everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's demons. Oh, you're oh, yeah. not reading the Bible. Yeah. You're not praying enough. No. It comes down to is your body is broken. Right. Your body is tired. Your body is ill. And God is not giving you the physical body to handle. So I would go to the parable of the talents. Oh, yes. So don't think that you're carrying five talents when God's only given you one, which right. we already mentioned, basically right. taking on more right. than you should. So if God has given you a body that has a medical condition that keeps you from doing things that other people seem to do easily, right. then you were just given one talent. Be happy with the one talent. Maybe that one talent is just one person in your life, your spouse, right. one child, whatever it might be. And you give your all to just that one talent and stop trying to take on five right. when God hasn't called you to it or given you the body to take on more than he's called you to do. Right. And so there's the, the, there's the wisdom in only taking what God can handle or you can handle in a way. But I think that there are times where in chronic conditions people have a short time of being able to really have major impact, even though physically they can't do it. It just can't be sustained. Uh, so you could talk about maybe stepping in with a chronic physical condition and doing something for a couple of years, but it's going to be hard to do five or six or seven because that eventually is just not going to work together. So then we're going to circle back to humility again. Right. Many so to humble themselves when, to go get checked out. Yeah, humble themselves <laughs> to get checked out and, and be able to say, when you need to, I need to walk away. Yeah, And boy, does this translate to the aging pastor in mm. vocational pastor work yes, when right. they are getting to a point where they physically or just mentally cannot do the work of the pastor. And so many of them hang on to things so long. And you've seen some of the train wrecks and probably you can think of one where they don't hand off or don't train somebody to take over the I position. I can see some politicians in that situation. We can see both, right? And <laughs> we won't mention any by name, but yes. Right. And it just really implodes. <laughs> The ministry implodes because yes. that guy really should have thought forward and said, I need to actually say, say goodbye now while I'm in my sem- semi-prime yeah. so that I can transition this ministry well. 
Yeah. Ethan, you're a young guy. You've seen a lot of older pastors. I'm sure you've recognized this issue of men in pride holding on longer than their bodies allow. And the stress of the ministry breaks them. And right. by breaking the leader, the ministry itself is broken. Have you experienced that as a young man? And what were your thoughts when you saw that? Experienced it? Um, I can't really think of a, like a personal illustration of experiencing it. But you do see that you know across our nation where um, pastors, as we're talking, are past the point that their bodies can physically handle the amount of work mm-hmm. needed. But instead of hiring somebody or instead of stepping away altogether and finding someone to replace, not just, you know, um, take responsibility to actually replace, um, exactly what you said. Um, from a distance, I've seen that happen where these ministries fade out, um, people discourage. And, and you can tell, too, because as the pastor's tired, the church – Mm-hmm. The church grows tired with grows them. Grows tired too. Exactly. Yeah. Grows tired with them. And, um, you know, unless, and it's just like anything else, if there's no plan for growing, then the only, and I'm saying growing, you know, I guess going in a healthy direction, then the default, then what's going to happen is it doesn't, you, you never flatline as a church. You're always going to go yes, up I agree. or down. I and agree if you. you're not, right. if there's no plan for, hey, how do we move forward, then the automatic. Uh, default is you're going to decline, and that's right, what happens. Right, and we just talked uh, in the last series about John Maxwell <coughs> and the 21 Essential Laws of Leadership, and he made mention that if you don't have the enthusiasm, if you don't have the mm-hmm. drive, if you don't have the motivation and the stamina, then you don't expect your company to, mm-hmm. right. right? It's the same thing in the church, and I think it's the same thing in your family. Guys, if we are really fatigued and we are really down, we're going to be saying no to some quality opportunities to spend with our family. Mm-hmm. you got to be careful. You've got to manage this because you can miss some great opportunities to connect because, well, you're just physically not able to do so because of the choices or the, we can say, burnout that you have. So when it comes to medical conditions that are beyond things we can control, you need to get help from a professional who can give you some help that may be an information you didn't have. And stop pretending that everything is okay when your body's falling apart. Right. If your body is indeed falling apart and there is no doctor that can assist you in that other than relieving the pain mm-hmm. due to age or some right. chronic illness, you need to understand that not everyone is given five talents. Right. And maybe you had five talents a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And now maybe God has said, I'm relieving you of four and I'm leaving you with one. Mm-hmm. And we need to have the humility to accept the one talent and not take more than God desires or we are capable of. Otherwise, we will go back to the burnout because of what you guys discussed last time, because of the pride. Mm-hmm. And our emotional trauma will indeed affect those around us. Yeah, and I think one of the other things that also help with burnout and even physical is the rest you need. Sometimes people just need to have something on the calendar to look forward to. Um, you know, there's, there's a healthy mindset and psychological mindset to that, to plan the vacation, to buy the tickets, to, you know, kind of do a little bit of planning when you're feeling a little stressed out, burnt out, do a little planning on that, you know, vacation getaway. That will really probably help relieve some of that stress to have that, you know, uh, rest to look forward to. And doesn't God give us that in yes, the Sabbath does. every yes, week? It wasn't that every part of the initial week. creation. <laughs> and then for the church, not that the, the Sunday replaces Sabbath. I'm not a believer that it does. Nope. I believe that God added to the Sabbath by right. a time of worship. Right. Uh, not that the Sabbath can't be Sunday. For many, it is not, for right. various reasons. But I think it's great that God is, is saying, even before the law, my desire is that you have one day a week where you're resting. And then for the church, he says, now on top of that, I also want you to take some time into worship because that also infuses you with energy. Right. But for those that are always going to have something to happen during that Sunday, like Russ has you know, said many times, you've got to find some Sabbath. You've got to choose one Sabbath throughout the week. 
and look to and look forward to it, prepare for it, because if you don't, it's going to eventually just snowball. Going to catch up. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. We will see you. I will not see you because I'll be gone again in West Virginia. John, heading back to West Virginia, another 10-hour drive there. But you and Ethan get to continue this conversation on um, managing our emotions, and I'll look forward to hearing it when I get back. Thank you so much for joining us, and at least some of us will see you guys next Sunday night.